Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, the ups and downs and how to navigate life with kids on your own while keeping sane. Covering subjects such as domestic violence through to fussy eaters and solo dating. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. Growing up with a single mum who cleaned houses and buildings for some of the most wealthiest and elite people in Seattle, WA, this week's guest was instilled with a strong work ethic to pursue big dreams and help others. One night, his life was rocked by a nightmare when his uncle murdered his aunt and cousin in a domestic violence dispute. The close-knit family was devastated and he vowed to do something in their honour when he became an adult. In 2007, he opened the I Am Defence Institute, which shows women and children how to protect themselves from attackers. He is the creator of Camp Warrior King, which helps thousands of youths in the metro Atlanta area gain exposure to amazingly fun activities. He is also the founder of You Can Have It All Youth Conferences. These are conferences to motivate kids to believe they can have it all. And off the back of the conferences, they have recently launched You Can Have It All Youth Motivational Development Magazine, which is the only motivational magazine for kids of its kind in the world. And if this all wasn't enough, my guest is a developer creator of the team Hot Source. These are cartoon characters who teach children how to believe in themselves using fundamental personal development principles. He is also the author of three books, Persevere, Overcome, Win, Raising Extraordinary Kids and Be Unstoppable, living life forever giving back in addition to all of his work a portion of all of the proceedings from his businesses maintains that you can have it all orphanage in bombo uganda where they currently support over 30 children with shelter food and school supplies wow well i don't know about you listening to all of that but i'm just knackered reading all of his achievements and um, looking at all of the stuff that he has been involved in. He's definitely unstoppable and you definitely can have it all. Welcome, Sean. Thanks for joining us today and fitting us into your busy schedule. Crikey. Tell us a bit about yourself and how you've actually, you know, got to where you are and why you're doing all of this. Awesome. Well, well, Claire, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm excited to to be on the show. This is awesome. And I got started with developing youth. Actually, um, actually, I didn't even want to do it. Uh, it was nothing. Wow. That I really, yeah, I had no passion to work with youth initially. Uh, but it, we saw the need. I saw the need for it. And, you know, just had to start doing it. Yeah. yeah no, who wants to work with those stinky Children, youthy, teenagery things. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's just, yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. You. So, look, um, so you were brought up by a single parent yourself. So, how yeah. was how was that? Because, right. like, I always talk to single parents 
but I never really talked to the kids as such. And like, and you're an adult, so you're not like a kid. But like, how was being brought up by a single mum and her yeah. working all the hours that she did um, to bring you guys up? It was, it was, it was great. And there were challenges. And so the, and, and it's interesting because a lot of times the perception is that growing up with a single parent, that everything is, is challenging and that it's bad. And that's not necessarily the case with, with my mom. I mean, we, we grew up, I mean, initially we were in, you know, government housing. We're actually in the church that we went to had apartments and, you know, they would, you know, subsidize housing. We, we live in those apartments. And initially, I mean, before crack came in the eighties, you know, things were fine. You can go outside, you can play, you can do all that stuff. And then things started getting bad, of course. And mm. my mom was like, you know, we're not going to be able to stay here. We got to go because there were, you know, drug addicts on the street. There was gang violence. Wow. I mean, it just started getting bad. And so, you know, we left, she started a business and that was, you know, probably one of the more challenging times just her getting started because she was a woman with a janitorial service and she was cleaning houses. Um, and we lived in the inner city where there was violence and there was drugs and there was gang violence. And so like people used to steal her van. And the one way that they she wow. stopped people from stealing her van, there was a neighborhood dope dealer. And he said, I tell you what you let me drive your van around for about a week and I guarantee you nobody will steal that van again. And so she said, you know, all right. Cause they kept stealing their stuff, her vacuums. Well, and exactly. What are you going to do? So she let them drive yeah. around for a week. And after that week, she could have left the windows rolled down and the keys in the car. Nobody would have touched that van. <laughs> so, so that's how, I mean, that's what happened. And so that's how we were able well, at to the end of the day, you do what you've got to do to make sure your stuff doesn't get nicked. Exactly. That's exactly what you do. And that's Fair what she enough. did. Yeah. And that's what she did. I mean, and so, so for example, you know, we would go and we would go to like a food bank line to get food because, you know, we may not have wow. enough money to get food, but we always had something to eat. Right. And so yeah. we might go and get, you know, back when I was growing up, you know, they would laugh at you for going to, you know, in America, we call like the Goodwill or to get set hand me down yeah. clothes. Now all that stuff is at a premium. People go there to get all the cool, you know, eclectic clothes. But growing up, nobody wanted to go there. But we would go there and then we would come home. You might have two or three pairs of jeans, right? Because people were giving us stuff to be able to make it. And so that was the, you know, we had those challenges, but it always, it always worked out. It always worked yeah. out for us. Yeah. Yeah. And mum always like made sure that you were all okay and everything Absolutely. was fine and she put food on the table and she just yeah. went for it basically. And um, so is it, so sorry, it's you and who, how many, uh, how many others were in your house? How many other kids did, there was you and who else? So have you got brothers and with, sisters? Yeah. So I grew up with my, my sister, April and I, uh, is okay. who, so it was my mom, my sister, April and me. And then we had, so we had other brothers and sisters from our, our, our dads, but they didn't live with us. Um, we, yeah, it was, it was just the three of us um, for most of the time. Wow. Okay. Okay. And then obviously the devastation hit your family where your uncle um, murdered your aunt and your cousin, which must have just been unbelievable to Absolutely. like deal with. And how old were you then? Uh, my auntie Jeannie died. I was 17 actually. So I was a little bit older, wow. but the, but it happened 
two days after my sister got married. And so <gasps> she had come down to the wedding, Mont Genie, had come down to Atlanta uh, for the wedding. We're in Atlanta, living in Atlanta at that time. And he was just, he was just jealous. You know, he thought she was going to see some other guy. And she told oh him, like, you know, God. look, I'm coming to, you know, your niece's wedding, you know, our niece's wedding. And uh, she came to the wedding and it was a Sunday. It was a, the wedding was on a Saturday. She left that Sunday night and uh, she got back that Sunday night to Seattle and he, he killed her and my cousin. Uh, my cousin at the time was like in the third grade. And so, and, and it was just really tough because I remember when he was born, when we were living yeah. in Seattle, I remember being in a group, uh, it's called group health hospital at the time. And I remember when that kid was born. And so it was really tough. It really, it really rocked our family. Oh God. Yeah. 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 And yeah. so that was that. So, um, and was that the catalyst where you said, right, okay, I want to do something to make a difference to like this, this, I want to make sh this not happen again. What, what was, it was that the catalyst or were there other things as well? There were other things as well, but that was something that was a monumental thing in our family. And I said, okay, I want to do something about this one day. And so I said that and kind of tucked it away and never really thought about what that was going to be until, you know, I started doing the self-defense program for women and children. And it was something to be able to do in their honor, to be able to help women, uh, you know, protect themselves from, you know, either domestic violence situations or from any aggressive attacker on the street. And of course, be able to help children be able to protect themselves as well. And so, you know, started oh, yeah. doing that in their honor. Yeah. 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 Which I think, like, I think is awesome. I've got a, well, I've got a six year old who basically, um, yeah, I would love for him to do something that means that he can defend himself, whether it's at school with bullying or whatever, yep. or in the streets or what, it, you know, it's, yeah, it's something that I've done martial arts and I've done various boxing and various different other things. I mean, you can't see me, but like, I mean, you can see me, Sean, because yeah. you can see me on the camera, but right. like people listening can't see me, but you'd look at me and go, what the flip? But <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I have punched hell out of a punching bag i have a punching bag in my garage as we speak it Love is it. fantastic for that time of the month when you're feeling a little stressed <laughs> and you need to smack hell out of stuff it's awesome pmt cura it's a pmt cura it's brilliant but like yeah so okay so so 2007 was when you set up this institute mm -hmm. like why in 2007? What happened to you to for you to go? Okay, I'm doing it this year. I'm and how old were you by this time? Uh, so I started the I Am Defense Institute in 2007, uh, and it started out initially. Uh, a training partner and I we were working out at the gym because I started martial arts when I was about your son's age, six okay. years old, and I always stayed with it. And so a training buddy of mine said, "You know, man, we we should start." you know, figure out a way to make extra money, right? It's so always trying to figure out how to make extra money. And he said, man, we should teach martial arts to, to kids at schools, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that might be pretty cool. We make, you know, a couple extra dollars doing that. And uh, so we said, all right, let's go for it. So we started doing that. And at the same time, it was about the time that the market uh, started taking a crash here in the U.S. And I was in real estate at the time. And it came to a point where it was like, you couldn't sell a yeah. house. I couldn't, because I, I was on the finance side. Couldn't couldn't get somebody financed for a, a loan at that time. And so, well, of course, if you can't sell any deals and you can't make any money and if you can't make any money, then you're going to be out on the street. So it's like, all right, you got to figure out what you're going to do. Right. 
And so that's what happened. Okay. And so I got real serious about <laughs> teaching these kids because it's like, okay, I got to be able to keep the lights on and be able to keep things going for myself. Uh, and I was about 27 at the time. And and so, you know, got into it and and, and just started rolling. Yeah, with it. and loved it. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. And it's still going now, is it? Yes, it's still it's going. Still, you're still oh. Fantastic. Yep. Wow. Still rolling so that, I'm trying to figure out what that is. What is that? 14 years later or whatever? 14? Yeah, about that. 24 years, years later or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. About that. Yeah. <laughs> no massive shit when it comes to like years and dates. Um, no, that's great. Okay. And then, um, and then, oh my gosh. And then you did, you created Camp Warrior King. Was that off the back of I Am Defense or yes. was that something else that grew out of something else? No, that was off the back of I Am Defense. So we were teaching during the school year. So I ended up starting a business on my own and the the martial arts program. And it was during the school year. And so during the summertime, there weren't any activities. And so parents started saying, hey, look, we want something for our kids to do during the summer. Do you offer, you know, summer classes and things like that? And so I was like, you know, all right, sure. You know, be able to make extra money for myself. And so I started with a spring camp. It was a spring break and I did a camp for a week and the parents really liked it. And they said, okay, do you have anything for the summer? I said, okay, we'll do something for the summer for about a week. And the parents said, no, 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 no. We need something for about 10 weeks over the summer because our kids are out the whole summer. And I was like, okay, you know, we'll go for it. Like 10 weeks is a long time to be with your kids, but you know, we'll do it. And, uh, and so we did. And that's where Camp Warrior King came from. And initially it was a martial arts thing where they would, you know, do martial arts during the day and then, you know, do activities later. And then the martial arts became just one part of the program. And we kind of branched out. And now we do, oh, you know, wow. spelunking and hiking and tree climbing and archery and shooting and fishing and canoeing. And we go out of town on trips and we, I mean, we do all kind of, you know, really, really, really cool things with the kids uh, to keep them busy. Well, well, that's good. And for any sane parent out there, this is awesome. Um, yeah. We need some Camp Warrior Kings over here. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, let's get rid of the kids for the school holidays and, like, that's you right. know, get them Camp Warrior. <laughs> you, you're creating yeah. your own Ninja Warrior, like your Ninja Warrior, like little um, – team right. basically right. oh well that's well that's awesome and that's done in the atlanta in the atlanta area as such that's right it's done in the atlanta yeah, area. yeah. that's right okay mm-hmm. cool 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 oh awesome and then if that wasn't enough so you've got school <laughs> you're doing you're teaching defense in the mm-hmm. school um in the school term and then you're doing ninja warrior i'm going to call it ninja warrior because i think it's like hilarious like i'm, I'm loving it I'm, <laughs> you know cre- all i can picture I, I have in my mind is like outdoor massive outdoor areas with yeah. kids learning martial arts uh-huh. and like yeah like ninja warriors yeah. and having ninja warrior courses where they're like training to get right <laughs> crazy and tough and then coming back in the evenings, like knackered and like, you know, yeah. That's right. That's a bit right. like Police Academy, on. a bit like the Police Academy movies, you know, where it's like a bit like right. the Police Academy movies. And now I'm like, now I'm showing my age, but like, and like anyone under the age of 40 probably won't bloody understand what I'm talking Academy, about. But anyway, anyway, yeah, no, it's like awesome. But, um, so if that wasn't enough, you've got your school holidays busy, you've got your blooming school terms busy, and then you then create these you can have it all youth conferences. That's right. Like That's right. oh my God. And I like I love this concept of you can have it all because like I've 
I like a mate of mine when I was 24 bought me a Tony Robbins book that said it was in unlimited power or whatever it was. Oh, mm-hmm. Tony, don't kill me for this. Don't shoot me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it was unlimited power and he bought it when I was 24, which is a long time yeah. ago. Um, so, um, but I read it and I was blown away by it and a lot of the methodologies in it. And um, I suppose I've always been of the view you can have it all. You're the only one who who's holding you back. So I try right. and say, it's like my son goes, oh, I can't do that. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not about you can't do that. It's about you've got to think about the way you're doing it, right. you won't be able to achieve. You've got to think about right. another way that you can do it because right. you can have it all, buddy. You've just That's got right. to, like, think of a different way of doing it. Okay, you don't That's have right. the – a thousand bucks that you want to go and buy the PlayStation five or whatever. So how are you going to get the PlayStation five? Right. Another hassle mummy and hassle daddy probably until they just give it to you. But you know, there's, there's always a way, right? So tell me about, you can have it all these youth conferences because is that, so this, when I say, when I read, you can have it all youth conferences, that's what I'm thinking. But is that what the youth conferences are about? That is what the youth conferences are about. Fantastic. So <laughs> the youth conferences that's exactly are about. what it says on the tin then. So yeah. to, to talk to me, what, what, what made you create these? What, how Where did you, you get to, cause I mean, it, it, like the first two I've mentioned, right. The camp warrior right. King and the I am defense would mm-hmm. be enough. Right. And right. also I'd be thinking at this point, I think I'm giving enough back to the youth. I need to have some me time and not be mm. around kids anymore. And right. you went, nah, do you know what? Let's do some more youth conferences and get more kids <laughs> around me and like do all. So, so what happened then? How did you get to that point? Uh, well, the, you can have it all came from, I got sick of the door being slammed in my face. So I wanted to go and speak at, conferences was the initial goal. And I spent a couple years calling places all over the country. Hey, I want to come and speak at one of your conferences. And it's, well, who do you know? Do you know this guy? No. Okay. Well, no, Hey, we're not looking for anybody. And I, the, I just kept getting denied over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't get any opportunities to speak. I would go to churches, try to speak at their, you know, their conferences, at the churches. And I said, well, maybe they don't think I'm any good. You know what I mean? But I'm like, I feel like I am. I feel like I got something to say. I feel like, you know, I have something to be able to help people and be able to help youth. Right. I work with kids, been doing it for all these years and <clears throat> I got sick of being denied. And so I said, you know what? Fine. I'll, if nobody will let me on their stage, I'll, I'll build my own stage. And I'll put myself on it and I'll invite people I know <clears throat> that I think are good. And I'll yeah. have them come on the stages and motivate youth and talk about developing youth and having kids go after their dreams. And so that's exactly where you can have it all came from. It came from just that constant being denied and saying, you know what, I'm not going to allow that to stop me from what it is that I want to do. I'm going to figure out a different way. And at first I didn't know. I mean, I was incredibly frustrated because uh, I just didn't understand why I couldn't get on somebody's stage, not even to get a shot. And so matter of fact, one of the first shots I ever got was from a family in Seattle. Now I'm living in Atlanta at the time. And somebody called me from Seattle, 3000 miles away and said, Hey, look, you know, I want you to come speak at this event and come do this. Right. And so, and that was, but 
prior to that, there was nothing. And so you can have it all came from that. It's almost like, well, number one, you're just living proof that you can have it all. You've just got to do it a different way. And that's what you exactly did. And it's almost like you've got to have a bestseller or whatever to actually get on the talking circuit, which is, you know, um, is, is losing a lot of information and knowledge that you've built up from working with kids and, and trying to motivate kids. So yeah, no, that's fair enough. Okay. So, so what happens at one of these conferences then? So at the conference, it is, it is, an adrenaline rush. I mean, it is pure excitement. Mm. Uh, the kids are listening to music. They're bouncing off the walls. Candy's going everywhere. There's smoke machines. There's big, huge beach balls going all over the place. And the kids are, there's the lights are going off and there's, you know, going to dark sticks and all this stuff is going crazy. And we'll do all that. And then they'll listen to a speaker for a few minutes. That'll talk to them about some aspect of building their dream or going after their dream or their career or something. And then we'll go back to partying and we'll have music and we'll be dancing and we'll do all kinds of fun stuff. And then they'll go back and they'll hear about somebody else. or we'll have a breakout session and they'll build a, you know, a, a, um, a dream board or a vision board and they'll talk about you know what it is that they want to do we'll have a, a game that they can play and then we'll go back to doing music and doing all that stuff and listen to a speaker and it's that for several hours um, so that the kids by the time they come out of that event they are charted I mean they're like you know ravage animals like let me at whatever it is I want to do in life and that's how we want them. Uh, we want them fired wow. up and ready to go. We do a lot of chants. We do a lot of we do a lot of giveaways. We give away, you know, sneakers and prizes and things that the kids like, you know, video games and stuff uh, to keep them motivated. We have an honor roll walk where, you know, any kid that has gotten good grades in school can do this walk. And good grades um, for us is, you know, because every kid is different, right? There are some kids that, you know, A's and B's are good grades, but then you have other kids that they struggle to get all those C's because you don't know what Mm. learning disability they have or what, or just, Hey, math may be hard for them. And so we celebrate those kids too, because we don't want kids to think that, well, because you didn't get an A or a B that you're no good when getting that C for that particular kid might mean the world. You don't know what their whole family went through just to get that grade. So we celebrate the kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, like if, if I ran a marathon, just actually achieving and getting to the end of it is a massive achievement for me. Yeah, but me too. I'm not gonna, I'm, <laughs> but you know what? I'm not going to win any medals, okay? But uh, it's a big achievement and, it, you know, right. and so it's about um, – yeah, it's you know, well, there's no way. This is this is not a racing snake. This is a donkey, all right. This is no way. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's okay. Um, no, which is great because you're motivated. You, what that's what you need to do. It's small steps to motivate them and go. Well done, buddy. You've like got from E's to C's or whatever. I mean, that's a that's big right. jump, dude. That's right. You know, it is. and it's yeah, yeah. It's small steps. So um. Okay, that sounds awesome. But like, so is it over a day? So is the other conferences like over a day, a weekend? How how do you run these sort of things? So the the conferences that we do uh, in the states are either a day or they're over the weekend. So we'll do m- most times it's it's one day. Um, we'll get the kids. They'll come to an event. We'll do it like on a Saturday or if it's during the summer or day during the week. They'll come for a few hours during the day. And then we have other events that we'll do like a Saturday or a Sunday, whether it's, you know, if it's a church event or an organization, we'll do for two days and we'll, we'll do activities. Uh, and then if we do like an international event, then, you know, it'll be a couple of days. Uh, I did an event in, uh, in Uganda uh, a couple of years back, right before COVID. Wow. And, and that was several days. 
where we did, you know, field day, the kids played soccer and we sack races and had all kinds of games and, you know, there were performances and things like that. And we fed some of the kids, and, you know, and, and we did a parade through uh, one of the cities, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, so we'll do things like that if the opportunity permits. Yeah. And, and do you, so, so what age range are the kids normally that attend these conferences? Typically five to 17. Um, so about, wow. Yeah, okay. That yeah. like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about it. Yeah. And so, I mean, they get in there and they party. Now you don't have as many 17 year olds as, as, um, you know, I mean, you know, you wouldn't think you would anyway, but typically five to 17 is the age group. A lot of times the 17 year olds are coming because, you know, they had to bring their younger brother or younger sister. And then they end up, you know, seeing somebody, you know, some, person performing or some something that catches their attention and then they end up really enjoying it. okay cool cool and like are you doing these all over are you just doing these in atlanta area or are you doing these all over america oh uh, we do them all over we do okay. them all over i mean right before covid so hit, when are you coming to australia then hey as soon as covid is over i'm there dude i'm coming come on i'm now I'm come coming. on now, down for real now, join us join it. us in melbourne there's sydney as well they need quite a bit more help than like us <laughs> melbournians but you know um but yeah okay. you know we've got a few like major places we'll Let's get some it. stuff sorted get some sponsors in like, i think it's great like i honestly it like yeah i think it's brilliant i don't i do not know admittedly i haven't researched to see if there is anyone already doing those sort of youth conferences over here but sure. i think you know come over yeah. come and join us we'll our youth it. needs motivating hey. and, and stick a dynamite up the jacksy <laughs> as it were it's all, <laughs> good. It's all good but but okay so um so you've got the conferences but like i was going to say like you've had covid man mm -hmm. like we've had covid you've had covid we've been the most locked down blooming city in the world <laughs> i have to say like 200 and i'm not sure if we've hit the like golden mark of 270 days wow. in lockdown wow. but like oh don't even go there but it's okay mm -hmm. we're all safe and right cuddled in our little houses right. we don't want to go and leave our houses it's all good <laughs> much um mind you summer's coming and we have been released so like you know it's blue skies where i am at the moment cool. and it's freezing because i'm in melbourne but yeah blue skies outside and it's looking nice and warm but um what did you do like covid hit you and like your thing is to go and motivate people right, right. It's to get them at a conference motivate them you know, laughs, right. smoke machines, dancing, right. fireworks right. and all that stuff. But like, what did you do? How did, how did you deal with this? Uh, well, it was tough initially. Um, when COVID first hit for, for me, everything kind of hit a, hit a brick wall really because the, you know, with the martial arts programs and we were gearing up for camp and, you know, it was really tough. And at first we were going to actually do camp the first, the first year of 2020 when COVID oh, hit, wow. we we're going to go ahead and do it. Yeah. And we had, you know, put out a lot of money to get everything situated. And the first day of camp, we, we had kids there. We didn't have anywhere near the numbers we normally would have. Uh, a yeah. lot of the kids that were there were, their parents were um, emergency workers, you know, nurses, doctors, you know, yeah. firefighters, police officers. And so they had to have somewhere for their kids to go. And so we, you know, went to get started and it just didn't feel right. Um, it didn't feel right to open up camp the concern because the the thing at camp for me the number one priority is the safety of the kids and when you know it hit my heart and said okay if 
you can prevent just one child from getting this, right? Is it worth it? And in my mind, I'm like, man, God, I got all these bills. I, you know, I got responsibilities, right? So, you know, I need to open up this camp. But it was, okay, if you could save a life, right, or if something happened to a kid, right, I knew I would never be able to forgive myself, right, because it would yeah. just be such a selfish thing knowing that these kids are at risk. And so we shut down camp, and we didn't open up. We that first, we, I told them on that Monday evening, hey, look, camp will be closed on Friday. And, uh, you know, and we're sorry, we'll reimburse you, you know, whatever registration or whatever. Uh, we closed down camp. And uh, fortunately, uh, I did not spend uh, the money that I had earned out, you know, buying fancy cars yeah. and doing all that kind of dumb stuff. So, you know, so I was able to, you know, weather, weather the storm. Uh, but it was very wow. rough. I mean, just like it was for everybody else around the world. Well, for a lot of us, some people really like it was the best time in the world for them. Um, but for a lot of us, it was really challenging. And, uh, you know, we really had to work to make it. And so we, you know, we, we got through it. And then, you know, then the next season, you know, we were able to open up camp yeah. and actually have more kids this past season than we ever had. So, so, um, because the reason I'm asking that is, and I'm just wondering if it's born out of COVID or whether it actually developed um, before COVID. So sorry, it's my assumption. You so the you can have it all youth conferences. You've actually you actually have producing or launch it launched a uh, you can have it all development magazine or a magazine for for the conferences basically or right. uh, you know off the back of the conferences. So I was so I wondered was that due to the fact that you couldn't have the conferences and therefore you went, well, I can't have the conferences, but we could produce a magazine that actually, you know, has motivational things within it. Is it, was that the reason the magazine happened or was there another reason? Well, the magazine was something that I've been contemplating and working on prior to COVID happening. Okay. And so it was an idea and I've been researching and working on it. What COVID did is accelerated because, you know, I was like, okay, you know, it's like when you're, you know, okay, what do I got? What can I work with? <laughs> what can I do to get things going? And so, you know, we had this concept, this idea of this magazine I've been researching for a while and said, okay, now's the time to, you know, to launch that and to get it out there. And so, wow. you know, it, yeah, that's it, it COVID accelerated all that stuff. And so the magazine, is that available online or is it like in paper format? What, how does that, how do people get? that magazine if they wanted to see it so the magazine is available online it's a digital magazine okay. um people can get it anywhere in the world uh we are in the process of translating it in five different languages and, and then also there's physical copies and of course the physical copies i mean right now is pretty much for the u.s i mean shipping international costs is, is pretty high um but it is a digital magazine that a kid can literally download that link and look at the magazine on their phone they can you know hit a button and respond and say you know if there's a question of what's your favorite food they could respond to that and see their wow. you know their answers in the magazine potentially uh and so everything is right there on their phone yeah or on okay computer. okay that sounds awesome and so what do, what do you have in the magazine as such what's what's the content what do you what you know it, so it obviously is not that kids want yeah. Yeah. That's right. everything kids want to do. I mean, it's, it's all about things that kids want to do. So it's not just motivation. Right. So it's definitely motivational pieces. The whole idea of the magazine is for them to be motivated, but they can read about different kids that are doing cool things in sports. They can read about 
technology, um, like uh, one issue, we talk about robots and how robots are helping people. And, you know, they're seeing robots all over and they can learn about, um, you know, cool and interesting things going on around the world. You know, there's recipes in there they can try at home. There's, um, you know, kids like sneakers. So these are the cool sneakers that are out right now. You can check these out. Um, You know, there's stuff on martial arts. There's things about the orphanage. There's things about, there's stuff in there for parents. Um, different strategies and tips for parents. Uh, there's things in there on gardening, kids that love to garden. You know, hey, you can, this is how you can plant a garden. This is how you can build a garden at your house. And it's pretty much anything that kids want to learn about and do that they're interested in is in that magazine. Oh my God, I am exhausted, man. Like you, like yeah. you are unbelievable. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. we've got the martial arts, yeah. Camp Warrior King. You're doing these youth <laughs> conferences. And now this magazine sounds like, like packed full of information and it's just insane and crazy and i'm sitting there going oh my god when do you get time to do all of this but like i'm just (laughs) doing a podcast and bringing my kid up you know which is cool but like oh my gosh like do you sleep yeah i sleep Because I'm like, yeah, you know, is it what, for an hour? Like, you just have a bit of a nap and then, like, you know, I'm like, oh, my God. And then on off the back of all of this, right, off the back of all of this, you then also have written three books. And I'm just yeah. like, I mean, God, like, I don't know what your mum was feeding you when you were uh, like, you know, when she was, she was just – shoveling in i don't know single mum single mum concrete i think because in australia yeah. we have a we have a saying here in australia and we go she'll be all right just have a cup of concrete and harden up right and you are just like oh my god well I look it's it. not like in this day and age it's probably not politically correct um like because it. we want people to it. hug and like get their emotions out into the fore but that yeah, it's definitely like a well-known. That. When I came here from the UK, I was like, "Oh my God, really? Is that what you say? <laughs> Have a cup of concrete and harden up." And harden like, up. You know, God love him. Yeah, and I harden up. It. And like, yeah, and so. Like, 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 yeah, I can imagine your mother sitting there going, come on, have a cup of concrete and harden up and get this blooming work done. And like, right. come on. And like, you've just gone, okay, right. well, I'm just going to, I can have it all. So I'm just going to work on all of this. So three books, dude, three yeah. books, like yeah. persevere, overcome and win, raising extraordinary kids, which I might need to um, hassle you to send me. And um, yeah. <laughs> and be unstoppable living life. Um, where did the books come from? Were they off the back of everything else you were doing? Um, how did you, well, number one, like, how did you find time? Where did they come from? I mean, I could throw all these questions (laughs) at you. So like, yeah, where, where did you, where did you get the books from? Well, the the books came from, there was a need for it. Um, the, I had been working at the camps. And I've been seeing what's going on at the camp, seeing what parents are dealing with at camp, um, working in a martial arts program at the school, seeing what's going on, you know, with parents at those schools. And there was a saw the need for people being able to get some help developing their kids. And like I said, I believe in the books are designed to give your kid the edge in life is what it's all about, not yeah. to teach you how to be a parent. I believe that yeah. you know, a parent knows their child better than any adult or other professional right they know what their child needs but it's just giving you tips and ideas and things to try 
um, with your kid and you see what works, what doesn't work. And you, you know, you use what works and you keep going. And so it came out of that need again, just seeing that people needed some help with, you know, Hey, if you knew that, you know, leading by example with your kid was one of the best ways to get them to do what you want them to do. Then if you tried it and, you know, that might be something that works, right. Or, you know, just being a little bit more patient or, you know, just, um, you know, some kids need work ethic, right. They don't have any work ethic, yeah. right. And stop giving your kid every single thing that they want in the world, because what's going to happen yeah. is they're going to be 30 years old, still living with you, uh, as opposed to, you know, getting out there on their yeah. own. And us as a parent don't want that. No way. Nah. <laughs> right. Not for Ian still living with you. Yeah, you get out. Well, you know, I love my son to bits. So, you know, like, um, yeah, don't call child services on me. Right. But like, yeah, no, yeah. I don't want him living with me when he's 30. Oh, my God. No. That would drive me insane. Yeah, it would. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. So, um, so it was back. So, off the back of all of these other things that you're doing. So, okay. So, the books then, where, where can people get them? They can go right where, on. where are they? right onto the website. So YCHIAMag.com, they can go right onto the website and they can get the books right off of there is the best way to do and, it. And can that, so, and they can go to that website for um, the magazine as well. So to That's like, right. okay, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. For the magazine, they can go all there and the books are digital. Oh, okay. So yeah, which is great because you can download them to your iPad and flick through and read them on your ipad That's or whatever right. and let's face it most of the time we're in bed with our phones and our ipads like surfing and anyway you know, it's right. just oh my god we used to have books in my day right. not a blooming computer that stores like 100 <laughs> books but anyway um no cool and um so comfort the, the you i mean i laughed and said um come over to australia but i honestly genuinely do mean that i think this would be great you and i will probably have to talk other sideline and get this get this happening but like so are you starting back the conferences and stuff like that the youth conferences so we'll start back uh more than likely in the spring and summertime we'll start back uh the we got the okay to be able to open up camps and stuff like that this past summer but by the spring we'll be opening back up conferences and and getting it going cool yeah oh yeah cool 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 no that's definitely got to come out to to melbourne and and Oh. do a conference it would be awesome you definitely have we've I'm yeah coming. yeah we've got a lot of youth that need motivating believe you me let's do it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like you know uh, like i completely agree no it would be great and and also i and i don't want to like i i don't want to not mention this right does that mm-hmm. is that an oxymoron i don't know what i just said but That's like right. you also a portion of everything that you make from all of this that you're doing, right, mm-hmm. also goes to maintaining an orphanage in, right. I hope I'm going to pronounce this right because I am horrendous at pronouncing things, yeah. Bombo, is it? That's right, Bombo. Bombo mm-hmm. in Uganda. That's right. So, um, which supports 30 kids, basically. 30 That's kids, right. it gives them food, shower, schooling, etc., like that. Um, That's right. Wow, tell <laughs> I'm so knackered doing this interview because like you're just doing so much. Like yeah. how did you get involved with this? So the orphanage came, I went to Uganda to do a, a conference, do a youth conference okay. there. And so when we got there, we did the conference and the gentleman that I met to do the conference had an orphanage that he was, you know, struggling to, to keep going. 
And yeah. so, you know, I said, when we got there, okay, well, you know, Hey, let's go check it out and let's go meet the kids and let's go see, uh, what's going on. And so when we got finished with the conference, um, we had a couple extra days to be able to, you know, go around uh, the country and see yeah. things. And so we went out to Bumble and saw the place and saw the kids there. And uh, the kids are great. I mean, the, the kids, it, it, it's something to see children. Children can be happy pretty much in any situation. They can have a smile on their face. But to see the conditions of what the kids are living in and to realize that just, you know, so many of us have so much in comparison to others, whether we think we have a lot or not. Right. So, you know, you might have two pairs of shoes in your closet, right. Or one pair of shoes in your closet. You might think, man, I don't have anything. I only got one pair of shoes. Well, you only think that till you meet the kid or the person that doesn't have any shoes at all. Right. Or the kids that were on the street. I'd never seen so much child homelessness before in my life uh, or kids just on the street. I mean, kids like, you know, like nine, 10 years old, literally nowhere to live, nowhere to sleep. And so, you know, we saw the orphanage and we said, hey, look, you know, we would like to be able to, you know, support and take this over and, and be able to continue to um, provide and take care of the needs of these kids. Um, because, you know, we started asking, hey, what do you want to do? And they said, oh, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an engineer. And, you know, to hear that, it was like, you have to do something, do something to help, right? If, if these kids want, if that desire is in their heart, you could do something to just help them go to school, you know, or help them to, you know, the young girls to not be taken advantage of by the men, Right. And, you know, they're the boys not to be, you know, drug into, you know, some militia or, to, you know, I mean, you got to figure out how to survive. Right. So you do things to survive and they can actually become those doctors and lawyers and engineers and have that life. Then what will that do for the next generation? Right. That ripple effect. Yeah. What will it do for the future? And so that's how it happened. That's how it oh, happened. Oh, wow. That's how it happened. Because, yeah, and, and I, I, look, I agree with you. Like, you know, it, both you and I are in Western countries, you know, yeah. um, and like you said, you know, I mean, we, we should be grateful for the fact that nobody, when we leave our house, nobody is setting off bombs, shooting right. directly at us or our kids or whatever. Right. You know, our kids can go to school right. um, and, you Safely. know, we aren't worried that there's a war going on or right. that, you know, where are we going to find? Well, some people at the moment are because of the COVID situation they've lost jobs. But right. like we have the ways and means to right. find food. Right. to get shelter right. um and and like you said this is an orphanage so these kids don't have any parents they don't have um claire they don't have any parents you're talking about kids that don't have any parents there's there's no running water there's dirt floors wow. there are no windows and no doors until recently we got those put on there's no stove uh they were cooking by fire like literally outside fire, open wood, fire. make an open fire right um and and these are kids so of course there's no bathrooms there's no there's no beds there's no right all these things all of the things that like you said we take for granted that we have right um one of the as a matter of fact the gentleman that's in place that that goes and makes sure the kids are taken care of he was once an orphanage 
I mean, an orphan. And, you know, he talks about eating out of the trash can as a kid and he couldn't read and learning how to read. And, um, and the three gentlemen that helped me around the country when I was there, three of them, the, so it's Pastor Matthew and then three other guys all came from this same orphanage. And so they had a personal wow. attachment to it. One of them uh, was, you know, his aunt cut his Achilles heel, put him in a bag. <gasps> and went to bury him alive and the what's what saved his life is somebody saw her burying him because he was just too much of a burden and they stopped her from burying him and that that kid is now the one that helps take care of the kids at the orphanage and so it's that same ripple effect right that he was spared and now he's helping others and that's what's going on with some of these kids around the world it's all over yeah. the world right it's happening all yeah. over the world so we can do our our part you know whatever that is to be able to help you know, the next generation, then, you know, hopefully. No, look, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. And I think what you're doing is, you know, commendable, commendable. I, um, I've got links with a, um, charity in India, basically Mm. that, um, make, um, cotton garments and and Mm -hmm. things like that. And basically Mm -hmm. take, take the children and the women away from, um, away from scavenging on the dumps basically for you know bottle lids and things that they can then go and get money for so that they can go and uh, get food or begging in the street or whatever and this charity um you know does those sort of things and it is Mm -hmm. you know like we (laughs) we don't know we've been born man we don't know you know like we don't know (laughs) hardship in our countries i mean there are you know people are suffering but it's you know there is yeah you know it's it's quite funny because they always say like always think about somebody you know there's always somebody worse off um and i sort of think in those situations with the orphanage and stuff i go well you like yeah you can't you can't get much worse off than these guys i mean geez but um yeah god love them um and so thank you and i have to say thank you for you know helping these 30 kids out and i mean i know it's only 30 kids but you know yeah, yeah it's 30 kids that you're helping out which is which is just awesome um it's fantastic what you're doing there. It's great. So, um, yeah, look, blimey. Um, I'm knackered, man. I'm knackered. Like, so one of the questions I've got for you is who are your influences? Because like, like I said, I'm knackered, like looking at everything you're dealing with and going through, but like what influences you, what's influenced you to just keep doing what you're doing? Uh, it started with, with my mom, really, uh, my mom watching her as watching her as a single mother be refused to be stopped, right. To just be, she was so determined that she was going to become somebody and that she was going to make sure that my sister and I, uh, were going to become someone watching that determination and watch her just that fire, uh, never die was something that inspired me to to keep going and so my my fire uh comes from that uh from watching my mom just be a a straight fighter i mean just a just a beast if you will uh of a of a woman that you know she didn't allow for she didn't allow her circumstance of being a single mother to overtake her right and there were times that she wanted to give up and it was very hard and there's all these things right i mean you know, you're heartbroken, right? Because, you know, my sister and her dad, you know, they didn't work out. And then my dad and my mom, they didn't work out. And so, but you still have these children that you got to take care of. 
And, you know, and, you know, out of all due respect to our dads, you know, they were gone, you know, <laughs> they were, they were, yeah. really, you know, I mean, yeah. I could call my dad. He wouldn't have let us be homeless, of course, but, but to even think that that would have to be a situation with Woody or Woody or what was the situation he wanted to be in there, but it was, it was my mom's fire. Um, and that's what keeps us going now. Like my mom is actively involved in everything that I do. So my mom writes in the magazine. She is the cook. She's the cook at camp. Uh, she's the one that feeds all the kids at camp. Uh, she created the curriculum, uh, the educational curriculum for the yeah. kids at camp because she, when we left Seattle, came to Atlanta, she uh, became a teacher. And so she created the curriculum. Okay. Uh, she helps me with I mean, pretty much everything I did, I talked to her on a regular basis. She's bouncing ideas and, you know, she's still a dreamer. And so, and still, you yeah. know, and so it keeps me going. It keeps me going. Yeah. And I, and God, and God love her because like, you know, I know when I separated from my ex, people were like, oh, well, that's your son's life over with yeah. them because you're a single mom yeah. and like kids, kids who um, come from single parents are like, you know, well, they're, it's twice as hard for right. them and, you know, they end up alcoholics or in drugs or, you know, right. it's terrible. Right. And like, God love your mum because she's a perfect example of, you know, bringing her kids up, right? right? And you're doing all of the things that to help everyone else. I don't know what your sister does, but I'm sure she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, um, she's yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure she's like, you know, I'm sure she's like you, yeah. and that you know, and so it's just, you know, um, hats off to your mum yeah. for like, you know, doing that and influencing you to do so much good in the world. Really, you know, Absolutely. that's great. It's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, mom, mom did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and and to that point. You know, it's what they say about those statistics. You know, it's all bull, man. You know, it's bull. I mean, you, you know, there's a, there's a saying um, that says, you know, when the dream is big enough, the facts don't count. And and that's the truth. You know, when you are determined, you know, especially as single moms, you know, that you're going to make something happen for yourself and for your family. There is no greater determination than that of a single mother. Mm. Um, the grit that single moms have, um, dads, I mean, maybe a single dad can come close, but the single moms, man, I mean, if we could take that determination and bottle it and put it in people around the world, you see greater things happen because it's something about when your back's against the wall yeah. and you know that, okay, and you're fighting for something other than yourself, right? These kids can't eat unless you provide the food, something happens. And to any single mom out here, you can do it. Your kid is not going to be a statistic. Your kid can become anything that they wish to become. And, you know, it's kind of sad that people will throw these stats around because I was supposed to be a statistic. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I'm supposed to be either dead or in jail based on what, what they were saying. Well, exactly. Right? You know what I mean? I know. I know. <laughs> and, you I know, know. My sister is supposed to be, a t you know, pregnant as a teen. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, none of that stuff happened. And so it's, it's, being it's important that we don't listen to these things these statistics that people say are bound to happen because it's just not always yeah. the case it's, look at to my mind it's instilling the right values and behaviors in your kids yes. the right mental attitude setting the right boundaries for them so that um so that you can you know shove them 
down the right path, as it were, right. and not, you know, and not let them go down the wrong path. Um, and doing right. that, you know, and doing that now while they're sort of at young age and like, you know, at school and stuff like that. Because let's face it, when they leave school, we ain't got much control. We you just got to cross everything right. and make sure right. that you've taught them well while you can influence them so that they make the right choices and decisions when they go off into the world and they start to then find out where they need to go and what their, you know, what their journey is themselves because they're on their own journey. They're their own person. So, um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, I do have, I'm not sure. I have one last question. And I'm not okay. sure. I'm going to be interested to find out your answer because, well, I think you're superhuman already. But, like, if you had a superpower, if you could go, I want this superpower, what superpower would it be? <laughs> I mean, what like superpower would I, it be, buddy? Man, it, I would want to fly as crazy as that. You want to fly? I, I, I would, I mean, I, like I said, I probably sound like I'm seven years old. No, yeah, no, I just jump up and fly because, well, and the reason why I would want to fly is because I like to travel. And yeah. so if I could fly, like, like I could just jump up and like go wherever Dude, I wanted to go. You could come yes, over to Australia within like five minutes, yeah. not within like there you go. 25 minutes, you know, 25 hours. 25 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could just yeah. get up. Okay, and I have another question. I did say it was the last question, yeah. but it isn't. I have another you question are. because this I find fascinating, right? Because when you said fly, I was like, okay, but cape or no cape? I don't think superheroes should have a cape, no cape. right? I don't no think superheroes cape. should – yeah, no cape. My view is no cape no too because a cape can just yeah. get trapped or, you know, the evil the evil yeah. person can catch that cape and, yeah, like – Catch the cape. You know, or you can yeah, get like no your cape. cape could get caught up in something that the evil person has um, right. invented, and that's you. You're a goner, man, because your cape's caught up, and you can't goner. like do your stuff. No cape, man. Yeah, no cape. No I'm agree. No that's, cape. That's old school player. Yeah, no I, cape. <laughs> I think Superman. I think Superman's cape was like a a failure. On his outfit, thick. Yeah. Spider Man. Spider Man's got it down sus because he doesn't have a yeah. cape. So there's no catching him. Yeah. No cape. No cape. Okay. Well, that's (laughs) that's awesome. I'm glad you're. I'm glad (laughs) we're on the same page, dude. We're there. Yeah, Yeah. we definitely are. Yeah, that's great. So look, hey, Sean. Look, thank you so much for thank you fitting some time into your busy schedule and coming on the podcast with us. Um, it's such a pleasure to speak to you. Um, I'm hoping you'll come back and speak to us again. I'm hoping you'll come over and visit yes. Australia and let's get this You Can Have It All um, conference um, set up for Australian kids as well. That would be awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do this. And, um, yeah, so, look, thanks. It's it's evening for you over in – you're in Atlanta now, aren't you? Not Seattle. You're in Atlanta now. So it's evening right. for you. So, look, um, yeah, yeah, have a great evening. And, um, yeah, thanks. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and ideas. 
It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. Have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself, and remember, no one's perfect, and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong, Single, and Human podcast.